Uh, anybody, anybody have any doubt in their mind that God is going to do something special this morning? Because, you know, we overflowed the baptismal tank into all the electrical in the chapel. So, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those days where you just go, man, what is, what's going to happen today? You know, guys, I just really felt like yesterday I was ministering at our cleansing stream uh, retreat yesterday. And as I was sharing... I just really felt like God impressed on my heart. He said, um, I just really felt impressed on my heart that this would be a powerful message for our congregation to hear and how important it is um, to our Christian lives. And so when the baptismal tank overflowed and my message was about baptism and we weren't going to have a baptism, um, I thought that I was planning for eight months down the road or something like that. And and, uh, God was like, surprise! You get to share it this morning. And so I grab my notes, and, and I'm not trying to make excuses or anything like that, but in 15 minutes just threw together a few things. And, and, and this morning, guys, I believe that we have a fresh word from God that he wants to speak to our hearts. And uh, I believe that there are going to be people this morning that you literally will walk out of this place a different person. Because this morning I want to share with you some powerful, um, some powerful things from God's word about shame about guilt and about condemnation and how many times even as christians we live under a dark cloud of those things and really the enemy wants to hold us in that place so that we can't accomplish the full destiny that god has for us but really the reality of it is is when we're set free from these things guilt shame and condemnation we don't allow them to run our lives or dictate uh, we can walk in the freedom that god has for us how many people like being free yeah so that's what we're going to do this morning Would you guys pray with me as we get started and we'll jump right in heavenly father we just give you praise today god uh, despite our external circumstances that we deal with in a fallen world um, God, we understand clearly that you're above all of those things. God, you've directed every person um, divinely to this moment in time. God, all of our roads have met at this place. And we believe, God, today you want to speak through your word to our hearts. May our hearts be receptive and ready. We already sang that we wanted to welcome you, Holy Spirit. And so, God, that we would be ready to receive. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, we're going to have ministry time at the close of our service. We're going to have an opportunity for people to come to the altar to just uh, allow God to remove the, the shame and the guilt and the condemnation that we deal with. And our ministry teams, our prayer teams um, that have been talked to this morning, if you could be prepared to just come and maybe lay a hand on a shoulder of someone and pray for them. And uh, if there were some people in, in Cleansing Stream yesterday that God did some special things in your lives or some leadership-type people, if you want to pray for individuals, uh, you could do that. You know what, guys? Um, this morning I want to start in Genesis chapter 3. So if you can take your Bibles, we're not going to have all of the scriptures on the, on the screen as we normally do because we just kind of fit everything together uh, this morning. But in Genesis chapter 3, it's the first story of Adam and Eve and when they sinned for the first time. Now before this point, you have to understand the context is that Adam and Eve have a beautiful relationship with God. 
It's absolutely a friendship. They spend time together. They go for walks together. They get to spend uh, hours with one another sharing, and God is just loving uh, his creation, and his creation is just loving God back. And it's a beautiful picture of harmony and perfect relationship. But then something happens. In Genesis chapter 3, I'm going to read it to you. In Genesis chapter 3, we'll start at verse 1. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Didn't God, Did God really say you must not eat of the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, the woman replied. This only, the, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it, you must not even touch it, or if you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied. You have to understand the serpent in this is, is actually the devil. The servant replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and that its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, and then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. Now watch this next verse in verse 7, if you have your Bibles open. It says, At that moment, their eyes were opened, And they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. And then the Lord called out to to man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Isn't that what shame does to us a lot of times? When something has happened in our life, or maybe we've sinned, or we've fallen short of what God wants for us, and many times it it wedges between us and God. It makes us feel um, yucky. It makes us feel unworthy. It makes us feel like we can't come to God. And, And it really separates the relationship that we have with God. And many times shame, uh, it, it, it covers us, or it, it makes us feel like we can't come to God in maybe the ways that we used to, or we can't come to God because of certain things that have happened. I remember early in my ministry, I dealt with shame in an odd type way, and I just want to share this with you guys just transparently. But even as, um, even as a pastor, uh, I've dealt with shame in a lot of ways. You see, guys, many times I believe that the enemy would take and he would try and plot thoughts in my mind. He would tempt me in different ways. And he would, he would put these temptations and thoughts in my mind. And I would never act upon them. But they would make me feel so bad. And then the enemy would come back and say, Oh, Pastor Sheldon, how can you even love God? How can you even pray? How can you even preach if you're thinking about those kind of things? If you're thinking about things that, that you shouldn't be thinking about. I thought to myself, I began to get, I felt a weight on me, like I couldn't come to God, like my relationship was being massively inhibited because of the shame that was on me, because of not just the things that I had done, and I believed that Jesus died on the cross for me, but the enemy was was tricking me, he was fooling me into believing that these things that he was trying to plant in my mind, and these temptations, they were things that that I shouldn't be thinking about, and and all of these kind of things, I'm like, man, God, I tried to pray, I tried to renew my mind, and all of those kind of things. And I remember I was at a youth convention, and and as I was at a youth convention, I was worshiping God, and all of a sudden, one of those thoughts just began to bombard my mind. 
I'll just be completely transparent with you guys. It was like suicidal thoughts started bombarding my mind as I'm worshiping God. And I'm just sitting here going, what in the world is this? I'm right in the presence of God. I'm as close as I'm going to get for a whole year probably. And I am just sitting there going, man, this is awesome. And these thoughts are bombarding my mind. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that instant. And he says, Sheldon, you don't have to believe the lies. And in that instant, guys, my life was transformed. The shame left. The things that I sat there and go, man, I didn't know that I had an option to even believe these things that kept rolling around in my head. I thought it was part of me, but the reality was it was like the enemy was trying to put this coat of shame on me and make me feel less worthy or uh, an inability to come before God and to accept his love and to be loved by God in the way that God could only love me. So I struggled with shame. But you know what? God doesn't want us to struggle with shame. In fact, in Psalm 34, 5, it says, They looked to him, being God, and were radiant. Their faces were not ashamed. That's the way God wants the relationship that we have to him. He wants us to be able to look at him and not feel ashamed. To express, to be able to sense and feel his love coming back to us. See, God doesn't want us to be ashamed. You see, shame is how we feel about ourselves. It's how we see ourselves because of the bad things in our lives. Shame can come either from things that we have done, but shame also can come because of things that have happened to us that we had no part of, but they just happened to us. And the enemy wants to use that shame to... to, put a wedge in our relationship so that we hide from God rather than coming and running to God. There was a young lady one time I ministered to at an altar, um, and as soon as she came up, I just felt the Holy Spirit said, pray for shame, that shame would be lifted off her. So I prayed, and uh, through tears, she just, God ministered in a powerful way. She said, Pastor Sheldon, could I talk to you for a minute, uh, maybe the next day or another time that we we connected and she said, you know, Pastor Sheldon, something happened. And, and she said, when you began to pray for shame to leave, that ministered so hard to my, so, so powerful to my heart because what had happened, I was out, out with some girls and, and we were having a good time just as friends and some guys came over to our table and one of the guys, when we weren't looking, slipped something into my drink and she said, I woke up the next day realizing that, that I'd been sexually abused. And I had no recollection of it. And the shame that, that came with that situation, she was an innocent bystander in the situation. Innocent. Many of you in the room, you, you have absolutely, you have, you have lived under the dark cloud of shame for many years because of something that was done to you and you were an innocent party. You're an innocent party. But yet you still deal with shame. I want you to know that the enemy is trying to lock up your relationship with God. The enemy wants to fool you into thinking that you had some part of that, that God doesn't love you because of some odd situation that happened, that that, that someone did something to you, maybe even many years ago, and it has inhibited your relationship with God, and you live under a cloud of shame because of that. Can I tell you something this morning? I believe that God can set you free today that you don't have to live under the condemnation of the shame of that whole situation. You don't have to live under that anymore.
Guys, there's another thing that, that kind of separates us from God. It's actually a good thing, but a bad thing. It's called guilt. And guilt, um, many times we, we think of guilt as being something that's maybe kind of negative or something like that. But um, the reality of it is, is guilt is both positive and negative. Um, it's kind of like this, and I explained this at the cleansing stream retreat yesterday. Uh, how many have ever put their hand on a hot stove accidentally? Don't you just hate those new glass stoves that you just don't know? It's like, what in the world? What happened to the old red irons or even the flames? That was always handy, you know. Even as a five-year-old, I knew, oh, don't touch that, you know. But these new glass top deals, you just put your hand on there. It, just imagine for a moment that God didn't give you nerves in your hand. So, like, we're talking, and I go and lean on the glass top stove, and I'm talking to Jason here. Man, how's it going? All of a sudden, I'm like, man, do you smell barbecue? And all of a sudden, I look over and go, oh, oh my hand is like Play-Doh, you know, or something like that. It's just, if, if God didn't give us those, those nerves in our hands, it would, it would hurt us worse than if we just touched it and went, oh, man, got a little burn. It would be like we would completely destroy our hand because we didn't know. Um, and, and so guilt is kind of like that. Guilt is the, the nerves in our hand that tell us to, to get away from something. When we're guilty, when we sin and we sense that feeling of guilt, that's a good thing. It's something that's telling us that, that we should not be doing this. But what happens is many times Christians go to God with that guilt and they say, God, forgive me of my sin and forgive me of these things. And they hand it over to God. And God says, I accept that. And he buries it. And then somehow later on, it's like he buries the skeletons that we have in our closet. And we go, oh, I'm feeling great. And then the next day, the devil, he comes over and he digs up the skeleton and he puts it back in our closet. And we open it and go, oh, I thought that was... And so we live under this thing called false guilt, where we continue to make ourselves feel guilty for the things that we've done that are already, Jesus has already forgiven. They were taken care of at the cross. They're under the blood of Jesus Christ. In fact, Scripture tells us that God separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. The only problem is we keep chasing them in the same direction. And God says, just leave them. Just let me take care of them. Don't live under that continual false guilt, that, that, that shame, that continual stuff that, that comes down on you. In fact, Scripture tells us in Daniel chapter 9, verses 7 and 8, it says, The Lord, uh, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face because of the unfaithfulness which we have committed against you. And what that means is it almost makes us want to hang our head and it wants to make us hide. Like Adam and Eve in the garden, they were hiding behind the trees. They were separating that relationship. So guilt and shame does this. In Ezra 9.6, it says, Oh my God, I am too ashamed and humiliated to lift up my face to my God. For our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has grown up to the heavens. Throughout Scripture, there, there are continual passages that talk about how guilt tries to make us feel unworthy, that we can't look up to God, that we can't come to Him, that we would rather run and hide, that we would rather be kind of like covered underneath this, this great cloud or this great um, wave of guilt in our lives. 
You see, guys, Jesus came to die on the cross not just to set you free from your sin, but he wanted to set you free from your guilt. He wanted to set you free from your shame. And he didn't want you to walk with that cloud or walk under that water continuously like you're drowning in guilt and shame all the time, even after Jesus has set you free. Don't cheapen the blood of Jesus Christ by doing that. You see, guys, there's one more thing that, that people speak about, and this is just some different terms, and um, I'll try and explain them really simply uh, to you guys. But there, there's guilt, shame, and then condemnation. People live under condemnation, and what condemnation is, is it's the accusing voice of the enemy telling us how bad that we have been and how unworthy we are. Do you see how all of these link together? Guilt and shame and condemnation. Condemnation is from the enemy, the devil. And it's intended to push us down, to make us feel defeated, to make us feel unworthy of God's love, unworthy of his grace, and unworthy of God's acceptance. Condemned. But conviction is a different story. It's a different word. Condemnation drives us away from God, but conviction is very different because conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from God. And conviction is accompanied by a sense of wrong. It's that healthy guilt type where we sense that there is something wrong, but what conviction does is it always draws us towards God. It always draws us to fix the relationship rather than abandon it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So guys, when we look at, this, look at this understanding, there are a lot of people that say, you know what, I'm always feeling condemned when I go to church. I'm feeling condemned. You know what? That's the enemy. That's the devil wanting to separate you from your relationship with God, wanting to push that and drive wedges between you and God. But you know what? The conviction of the Holy Spirit is when God says, you know what, there are things that I want to change in your life. I don't want you to remain the same. Would you come to me and give those things to me? Would you hand over your shame so that you don't have to live under that cloud all the time? Would you hand over your, um, hand over your guilt that you continue to, to carry around? Would you hand over that, that, the sin that, that continues in your life? Would you just turn those things over to me and allow me to, to just take care of them? You see, guys, many times we we come under, we allow ourselves to come under these things. And the enemy, he wants to uh, condemn us, to push us away from God. And the Holy Spirit, in turn, wants to convict us, to draw us closer to God. So this morning, if you are feeling a tugging at your heart right now, I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart saying, you know what, there are things that you need to get right. There are things, I, I wouldn't push that away. I think God is drawing you to a closer relationship with him. He wants to show his love in a greater way to you. He wants you to be ministered to in a, in a powerful way. You see, he, the enemy wants to make us feel bad and unworthy by telling us that we're dirty, that we're damaged, that we should be embarrassed about ourselves, by making us want to hide ourselves from God and from other people, by making us blame ourselves with self-condemnation 
And when we feel ashamed and the weight of guilt and condemnation are on us, it impacts everything that we see, everything that we hear, everything that we experience. It affects how we think, how we react to all that we do. It cripples our ability to respond openly and receive from God. But there is a powerful passage of Scripture in Isaiah 61 that I want to share with you guys this morning. It says this, Isaiah 61, verse 7. It says, Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. So God is offering you a trade. God is offering you a trade this morning. He's saying, you know what? If you want to trade your shame and trade your guilt and trade your condemnation, if you would just come and lay them at my feet, I want to outpour on you. Instead of your shame, I want you to receive a double portion of my grace, a double portion of my love, a double portion of everything that you need, all of the hurt, all of the pain, all of the wounds, all of the things. God says, listen, come and trade me all of your wreckage, all of your shame, and I want to pour out into your heart a double portion of my love. Is there anyone in the room that would want to experience something like that? Why don't we have our worship team come? Guys, this morning, I'm going to read one more passage of Scripture, but I believe today that there are people that you are, you came into this room, you're struggling with guilt, you're struggling with shame, you're struggling with condemnation, And I believe this morning that God wants to set you free, and it's a lot simpler than you actually think. I think you've been lied to. I think that God wants to bring the truth and reveal it to your heart today. And this is what we're going to do. I'm going to read one more passage of Scripture, and it's actually just a parable that Jesus shares. It's in Luke chapter 15. We're going to have it on the screen. But if our worship team could come. I want you to understand that guilt and shame and condemnation wants to keep you from having a right relationship with God. But today God is offering a different story, an abundant blessing, a double portion back to you. And this is the passage that I want to read to you, and then we're going to respond today. In Luke chapter 15, it says this, To illustrate this point further, Jesus told them a story. A man had two sons, and the younger son told his father, I want my share of the estate. Now, now, before you die. So his father agreed and he divided his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed up all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. There he wasted all of his money on wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, when he finally came to his senses, guys, this morning, if you've been living under shame, guilt, and condemnation, I implore you, I encourage you, come to your senses this morning. God wants to transform your life so you don't have to live under that anymore. It says that when he came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, 
Even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father, and I will say I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. There are a lot of people in this room that you look at God as a master, and you are his slave. Some of you are even Christians, and you look at God in those eyes. You've allowed guilt and shame and condemnation to ruin your relationship to a point where you go, I'm still going to church, I'm serving God, but, but for some reason you have this thought that I'll just go to God and I'll just be his servant and he'll be happy with me. But listen to how God responds to that. He says, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to return to my father and I'm going to say to him, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and now he has returned to life. He was lost and now he is found. So let the party begin. Isaiah 61, 7, we read it earlier. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of your disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. Guys, could you just close your eyes with me this morning? If you're dealing with guilt or shame or condemnation in any way, please don't allow the enemy to bring embarrassment or hold you in your seat today. If you're dealing with that, would you just get up from your seat right now? And would you just come down to this altar and just begin to kneel at the altar area here? Just begin to move. There's already people moving this morning. Come on, come on. Just come. If you're dealing with guilt or shame or condemnation, okay, this is not a call for salvation. This is a call for the writing of a relationship with God that has been held back. There's more people than that. There's more people dealing with this. Come on. Keep coming. Keep coming. There's more people moving. Listen, there are people in this room, things have been done to you and you carry the shame of that. It was not your fault. Don't stay in your seat. Allow God to minister to your heart today. Praise you, Jesus. God wants to pour out his incredible love into your heart today. Is there anyone else in the room? You would say, you know what, I need, I need God to pour into my life to take off the guilt and the shame and the condemnation and all of the things that are holding me back from a right relationship with him. Is there anyone else? You can, we can go two or three deep at the altar here if we have to. Thank you, Lord. Guys, God doesn't want your relationship with him to be awkward. He didn't die on the cross so that you could be hiding from him continuously. Is there anybody else in the room? 
there's anyone else. Thank you, Lord. Can we have our ministry team just slip in behind our, our people this morning? Just begin to pray, lay hands on them today and pray. People at the altar this morning, why don't you, I would just encourage you to pray this prayer uh, with me this morning. You just say, Father God, I repent of doubting your love for me. I repent of not believing that you have really forgiven me, that the blood of Jesus has cleansed me from all sin, from all guilt, from all shame of the past. Holy Spirit, I repent for listening and agreeing with the voice of the accuser, the devil, telling me that I'm an evil person, that I'm dirty, that I'm unworthy, that I cannot receive your love. I come against that guilt in the powerful name of Jesus. I come against that shame in the powerful name of Jesus. I come against that condemnation in the powerful name of Jesus. And I break any covenant or agreement. I I break any sort of contract that I have made with the enemy in the past. I break those things in the powerful name of Jesus so that I can become the person that God wants me to be. Those lying voices of guilt and shame and condemnation, we break those things off of these people here this morning. Anyone in the seats today, God, that that even didn't respond but struggles with the lying voice of the enemy to continue to sever or wedge their relationship with God, we just speak a loosening. I speak uh, an understanding, a clarity of their mind to differentiate between the voice of the Holy Spirit, their own voice, and the voice of the enemy and the lies of the enemy would no longer be effective in their minds in Jesus name thank you Jesus why don't we just have our could you guys sing the, the last song that we sang Church, why don't you just stand up? We'll just, we'll just worship for just a minute, and we'll allow continued breakthrough to happen here at our altar this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You just worship with us this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As I just believe that, that God is, is wanting to remove, uh, and, and He has removed shame and guilt and condemnation, and there is a free flow. There is a free flow of the love of God into people's hearts. Could we just sing that a few more times? How marvelous, how wonderful. Could we just lift our voices and allow God to pour the love into our hearts and, and into our, our, our spirits today? Could we just worship Him wholeheartedly, just with, with abandon, and, and just praise Him and give Him praise and just allow God to funnel that love into our hearts today?
Guys, many people have lived under the shame, the cloud of shame, the cloud of guilt, the cloud of condemnation this morning. And I believe that that part of this song is a declaration for your life. Spirit of God, come like the dawn. The pushing of the sun through the clouds as they evaporate, the new fresh sunlight that that pierces the darkness, that pierces and causes growth and causes life. Let's just sing that again as a congregation. Spirit of God, thank you, Lord Jesus. Spirit of God, come like the dawn and open the heavens on us, because we want to know you, we want to know you. Sing it again this morning, Spirit of God, and Spirit of God, come like the dawn and open the So God, we just believe that this morning you want to open up a new level, Lord Jesus, of experiencing you, God. You have set people free this morning. God, you have brought truth to the hearts of your people through your word, God. Father, that we don't have to live under uh, guilt. We don't have to live under shame. We don't have to live under condemnation. And God, I just proclaim in the powerful name of Jesus over our congregation today, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. Like the lost son that came home thinking he would servant. <laughs> like the son that came home and just thought he was going to be a servant. We believe this morning that God has a rich inheritance in store for you. He wants to bring restoration. He wants to bring fullness of relationship. He wants you to walk in the love of the Father again. Go in the presence of Almighty God. May the Lord bless you guys and keep you. May his face shine upon you continually this week. And all who believe it, say amen. Amen. Lord bless you guys.